Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO strategy and implementation, how you can find your way to get traffic and sales. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Steve Top. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, Anatoly. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, a big pleasure. I often see your content, so I'm excited to learn more, to get new insights. Before we start, just tell about yourself, experience, background, why you have so many guitars on your background, and anything <laughs> that related to your hobbies and job as well. Well, I've been playing guitar since I was 16, and I have a lot of gray hair, so that should uh, mean that I've been playing for a while. Um, you know, I've been doing SEO since around 2010, uh, worked for a lot of agencies and then in-house companies. My last in-house company was FreshBooks, um, grew the traffic there to 50,000 clicks per day and ranked for keywords that are 300,000 search volume in the number one position for about two years. So um, had a lot of experience there that um, I also started my uh, newsletter SEO notebook, which emails one piece of strategy every week to the list. Uh, the list is about 15,000 subscribers now after three years. And um, I'm an SEO consultant is my main source of income, but I'm also branching out into a few other things, um, you know, as, as time wears on. But um, yeah, I just really love SEO, uh, focus on the strategy, uh, mainly Clients are usually in B2B SaaS, but I do have some B2C clients as well, but pr primarily SaaS clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, valuable. Okay, let's talk about uh, SEO strategy. Can you tell how to find the right and craft the right strategy? Because I see when the masters usually uh, use tools like SEMrush, Ahrefs, Serantian, uh, Keyword Planner, many others, they see high volume keywords and think, oh, how much traffic I can get, you know, how many sales. But uh, in that, they will compete with Wikipedia, many other websites. Uh, I often have such clients who uh, come to me and tell, you know, I can't get results for a long time. For a few years, uh, I tried everything. But when I check out their strategy, it's useless, you know, without any uh, deep analysis, just uh, thinking about high volume. So can you tell how to find the right strategy? Well, you want to know what you're going after first. That should be very clear to you. Um, you want to know what keywords are going to drive the most traffic for you. So the, one of the things that you can do initially is to see, you know, are there paid ads there, right? Um, are those people who are running paid ads, are they running those uh, for a long time? If somebody's been bidding on a keyword for a year or two years, that's a very good indication that that keyword is going to be valuable to you because you really don't know how valuable it's going to be until, you know, you're starting to drive traffic to it. And, um, you know, the fact that people are bidding on those keywords for a long time probably means that uh, it's a good one for you to go after too. And then beyond that, you actually want to see how does the SERP look for those keywords, right? Um, it, are those keywords going to be, um, you know, achievable for you? Or like you said, is there going to be, you know, five, you know, mega sites um, ranking for those keywords and then there's no room left for you, right? So it's about, um, you know, gauging the realistic, uh, whether or not those opportunities are realistic for you. And then once you've made that determination, <clears throat> you know, how you're going to, 
or if you're going to go after those keywords, you, now you have to decide how am I going to approach this, right? So one of the uh, main things that I always stress to my clients is that you're not going to um, rank number one for a keyword just because you have one really great page on it. You need to have you know topical authority. You need to be, you need to be talking about all aspects of, of that uh, that topic, not just your money page, but also you know providing informational content to go along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Can you tell more about pillar that topics? Uh, how to uh, find pillar topics? Unite them. Uh, submit call to action. For example, um, even if you have traffic, it doesn't mean that you can uh, convert this traffic. So you need to lead uh, audience to e-commerce pages. So uh, tell more about pillar pages. How to create the strategy? Yeah. So. I mean, e-commerce is a whole separate thing, so I'm not going to really get into that too much. And to be honest, e-commerce is not a type of SEO that I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I usually don't don't touch it unless they have a content strategy to go along with it. Um, but um, to find you know pillar pages, um, you a need to be able to assess your competition. Uh, what are they um, writing about? Which pages for those uh, for your competition are getting the most links? Um, and then analyzing those pages and, and you know determining what can you do better than them, right? Um, so I always think competitor research is one of the first things that you need to do when you are um, going after um, a, a client, and uh, you know it's 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 going to be hugely important and valuable to you to understand what are their strengths, but also what are their weaknesses when it comes to actually producing that type of content. Um, your Google Search Console data is another um, very valuable um, tool for you to determine uh, what are the other topics that you can write about for your keywords. So if you have your money page that's you know ranking for um, or wanting to rank for um, you know those high CPC, high competitive keywords, um, take a look at what other keywords are ranking in the very low positions for those money pages. And oftentimes you're going to find um, really great topics um, that are, you know, ranking on page eight, page nine, page 10. Uh, when you look at the average position data in GSC, sometimes you'll find some really, really great topics um, to come out of that. So that's another place that you can look to sort of build out that pillar content. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, if you have traffic uh, visibility, it's better to start from Google Search Console to find keywords that uh, Google uh, right now understand uh, your website. So yeah, why not? Okay, let's talk about uh, content creation. Can you tell how to find a responsible copywriter today? Because you know, uh, 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. Uh, about weight loss, about finance, about uh, vehicles, anything, you know, but uh, during some time, Google changed approaches today. Uh, it's better to cooperate with experts who can write about one specific topic, uh, direction. So uh, can you tell your methods how to find responsible writers who can share valuable insights and something new and unique? Uh, well, to be honest, I'm very blessed because I work with a team for a long time that, uh, mm -hmm. that I don't have to worry about that. And they take care of most of that for me. Like if I have a client in a new niche, um, he just goes and finds, you know, somebody on a, on a job board. There's a few, <clears throat> there's a few, there's one called cult of copy job board. 
uh, which is on Facebook. Um, I believe to enter that group, you must submit a haiku. <laughs> it's kind of mm -hmm. weird, but like that's what that's what the question is when you have to join that group. So just have a haiku ready. Um, but uh, they're generally very good copywriters um, on that group. Um, one thing you can do when testing a writer is just to say like, you know, here, here's an assignment. I'm going to give you $40 and you tell me like what you can do for $40, right? Just give them like, say like, here's how much I'm going to pay you. And then let's see what they come back with, right? Whether are they writing, you know, just a $250, sort of 250 word article, or are they able to do more than that for, for that, for that cost, right? That way that you can see like what, what they are sort of going after. And that tip actually comes out of Glenn Alsop's uh, blueprint course um, that, uh, that I've, I've taken. And uh, he has that tip in there, which is a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I never thought about that. I use different methods, but uh, I need to try this one as well. You know, <laughs> another, another one that I've done in the past as well um, is uh, instead of asking for a writing sample, because you don't really know where that writing sample is coming from. You don't know if it's Jarvis or they're taking that from somewhere and just tweaking it or Quillbot or whatever. But one thing that um, you can do is uh, give that writer a poorly worded paragraph so like you are you're um putting mistakes inside the content on purpose and then you give it to them and you say put on suggested edits on on google google docs and then correct this to make it you know uh, read properly and that way you can kind of see the mistakes that they see and uh, and then you know instead of asking them for a writing sample you're just getting their editing eye um uh, uh in that mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> awesome uh okay let's talk about how to create uh the task or requirements for copywriters because you know for example i i see when copywriters usually rewrite existing content it's like to watch uh the movie with the same plot if you watch the same movie so uh, i don't know uh, it's interesting or not but if you watch three movies like this five movies uh you can feel uh it's the same uh you are not satisfied with that it's the same like to read uh, all, uh similar books uh because most people are looking for something new and unique uh it's not only to get 100 percent with uh uh, some tools that will show 100% uniqueness. It's more about sharing uh, valuable, unique insights. Can you tell about creating the right task for copywriters to explain them? I'm not interested in rewriting. I'm interested to get something new for this niche, uh, for this topic, uh, and share uh, in, in your copy. Yeah, that's a great point. So uh, I think what you're getting at here is that the tools like Surfer or phrase or pop or whatever you're kind of using are going to give us um, uh, suggestions that are going to make us look like the other articles already on the SERP. But what you're getting at is like, how do you tell a writer to create unique content, right? So um, I'm going to say uh, two things about this. Um, one is based on my note uh, about, um, uh, it's called, um, oh boy, um, information gain. Uh, so information gain is basically teaching the search engine new new content, new new uh, new information. And uh, one thing that you know when you're doing research uh, to you know 
construct your article, um, you're going to be looking at, um, you know, you're going to be Googling for answers, right? You're going to be reading blogs, getting statistics, getting all these different things. But one thing that most people are not Googling are uh, different file types. So everybody's looking at websites when they're doing research, but you can also do something like your keyword file type doc, file type PDF, and then actually get information from these docs, PowerPoints, PDFs, and then include that information inside your content. And it's very unlikely that your competitor is doing that, right? Your competitor is just Googling those keywords and looking at all the other websites for their information. But if you start looking at what, avail what else is available on the web in these different file formats, uh, you will probably end up getting information that they're not uh, finding in their own research. So that's a, that's a good tip uh, there. And then um, there's another guy who I uh, really enjoy following. Uh, whose name is Eric Lancheris of uh, My Traffic Research and uh, another tool called on-page.ai. And Eric is a really smart guy and I, I really respect him. And uh, he, he had an example um, about adding new information to a SERP. And this was his example. He said, like online, on, if you go to like Apple's website or Samsung's website, they're going to tell you it takes two hours to charge this cell phone, right? And that, mm -hmm. that, that's a piece of information that Google already understands. But you might say something like to charge an iPhone to 50% takes one hour, right? So now you're giving new information uh, that is not just like, you know, the standard information from Google, but you're saying from, from Apple, uh, but that, that it takes, in fact, just one hour to charge it to 50%, right? So that's, that's how you can take, you know, one piece of information and create something new out of that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I have the question about finding the balance uh, between the length of content. Of course, it depends. It depends on user intent, on many different factors. But I see when the masters analyze big websites like Amazon, Apple, many others. But you know, it's interesting. For example, on Apple. If I open apple.com, I see simple, skimmable content uh, with a few quotes, uh, a few words make difference, uh, something like this. Very simple to consume. On Amazon, uh, I see uh, almost everything that I need to get from specific uh, products. Reviews, uh, descriptions, uh, uh, pictures, videos, uh, a lot of information. So I don't need to search uh, for more information on other places. Can you tell how to find the balance? Of course, big brands uh, probably don't need SEO traffic. Uh, uh, for example, Amazon usually gets 90% insight uh, on Amazon uh, and 10% uh, of sales are coming from other resources. Uh, Apple, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, of course, these websites have SEO traffic, but they don't rely a lot. They think more about branding, uh, about their audience. Can you tell how to find the balance between uh, short and long content? Um, well, I would say that, like, usually I want to analyze competitors, but just because competitors have 2,000 or 3,000 word articles does not mean that you necessarily have to. What I would say is when you're analyzing the competitors, 
look at what topics they're covering, right? So look at their heading structure and, and just count the number of topics that you want to also address, right? And then you don't have to create 3000 words just to address those six topics. You could probably create less. And you could also experiment by initially launching the same amount of topics and then maybe some additional ones if you have, if you can do that. But you can launch with a shorter article and then the same amount of topics. And then you come back and re-optimize that content later with the Google Search Console data um, as, as something that to, to potentially, you know, um, expand later on. But you don't have to launch with the a large sort of um, you know content right at the beginning. Just make sure that you're covering the same topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got that. Uh, let's talk about how to retain uh, audience longer. Uh, that uh, I don't know impacts user experience. For example, you know when I uh, read books from Jack London, uh, I can read uh, the book like eight hours forget about uh, meal, about water, about anything, because, uh, you know, I can feel that I'm the part of this journey, you know, uh, adventure. Uh, and um, I found many other great books, uh, for example, Joe Sugarman wrote an interesting book about how to retain audience, longer readers, uh, that uh, he wrote his book like uh, 40 years ago, but uh, even today it's more important to retain uh, audience longer, to consume the entire copy, uh, if you want to improve, of course, user experience. Uh, can you tell how to do it? Because uh, most uh, content, uh, you know, are bounced for a few seconds. Uh, we have this bounce rate like uh, 50%, 80%. Uh, it's the same with video content on YouTube uh, when people, 80% uh, of people can skip watching videos for uh, 20 seconds. Uh, can you tell how to retain audience to catch their attention, to hook their attention, and give a solid reason to consume until the end? Um, am I able to share my screen? Because I can show up yeah. an example from, from one uh, of my clients. Yeah, you, you can share your screen, but explain for uh, podcasts, uh, for uh, listeners. Okay, I will. Um, I'll do both. So um, let me just... Uh, so the, the website that you can go to, is called brainstation.io. And then if you mm -hmm. skip to the bottom, this is a company that um, uh, offers like high-end bootcamp courses. So like $15,000, $20,000 bootcamps for how to become a web developer and stuff like that. And um, they have all of these different career guides. And if we look at one of these on the left-hand side, um, there's this uh, side navigation. And each of these articles on the side are all highly related to how to become a web designer. And what ends up happening is the user comes on this page and they see all of these related articles on the left-hand side. The bounce rate goes down because they, they can see um, that there's a bunch of relevant content to them. And every time they click on one of the, that left-hand side navigation, they're taken to a new article and then they're followed by that same navigation again. So this mm -hmm. really dramatically decreases the bounce rate and also um, enables the time on site to be much higher uh, because all everything you're greeting the user with a bunch of information that is uh, is very relevant to them and whatever page they came on, 
whatever page they uh, they entered this um, ecosystem in, they're going to be uh, greeted with the same left-hand navigation, um, no matter uh, no matter um, which page they're they're on, right? So they'll they'll just stay on this this section of the website for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I I like this user experience. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, let's and and I, I worked on, so I worked on that. I worked on that client, and um, the traffic value for all of those career guide pages is five hundred thousand dollars per month. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, awesome. Uh, uh, I'm interested about uh, the most important SEO algorithms, uh, and I found you know uh, I uh, often speak speak with many SEO experts, and someone can tell me uh, content is the most important. Uh, uh, who is good people in building or PR can tell no without things you can't rank your website uh, uh, who um, you know who has foundation like development they tell me about technical optimization you need to increase site speed so we have no one opinion and uh, it depends on the strong side can you tell your the most important SEO algorithms where you pay more attention especially if you have limited resources for example uh, you have X budget and you can invest this X budget to content creation link building technical optimization what would you choose uh, great question. Tough question because I don't know what the budgets of the other competitors are going to look like. Um, but I think your content is still the main pillar. Um, if you don't have content to address the query, you simply can't rank for the query. So you need to have your content as a top priority when you are, uh, you know, creating your pages. And then as a user, that content has to load, right? You can't take 15 seconds to load the page. But in general, if you're working with a smaller budget, your website's probably not going to be as complex, or at least it shouldn't be. So hopefully you don't run into um, too many, um, uh, I'm not gonna, you, you can, I'm just seeing a question pop up on the screen. I'm not gonna read while I'm talking. Um, uh, you know, you you uh, you. Hopefully, your website won't be too complicated that uh, your core web vitals and your site speed are, are are not too slow. But if they are, it's it's definitely worth uh, bringing that up on the mobile page speed and core web vital scores. Um, and then, you know, your links are going to be determined based on how many links your competitors are building, right? Um, if if nobody has links, you don't need links. If if everybody has them, then you're going to need to to you know, be be smart about your link building first of all, but you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to have links to compete with them. So um, you know, content number one, right? You simply you need content to be able to be relevant for the query, and then um, you know, making sure as a user when you enter that page, it's it's a decent experience. You know, open up an incognito window and just ask yourself, is this a good experience? Check, check the page speed scores, check the core web vitals and do your best to, to improve those. And then analyze your competitors for their link profiles and determine whether or not link building is something that is helping them rank. And if it is, there's your answer. You have to do link building as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, uh, we have the question about social media, um, uh, and I like this question because you know uh, the last time I pay uh, a lot of attention to non SEO methods, 
uh, to get uh, much better results with SEO, especially uh, with websites in finance, crypto niches, uh, because these websites need extra traffic. And uh, I see when uh, you have uh, good organic reach on social media, uh, high engagement, uh, you can uh, get much higher results on Google as well, because Google pays attention uh, to trust, authority, many other factors. Can you tell about uh, this question? Uh, what kind of uh, non-SEO methods is better to use uh, to improve ranking positions? And if you can help uh, with this question, uh, how to get engagement on social media? Yeah, I think, um, you know, social media, maybe not like a direct um, ranking factor, but things that can influence uh, that. Um, personally, for me, um, you know, choosing the right platform and dedicating yourself to, you know, only at one or two platforms, I would say max, maybe three, um, is going to focus uh, you on building a relationship with your connections. So for me, primarily, that's going to be Facebook and LinkedIn and it's Facebook groups specifically, um, like SEO Signals Lab that I'm a part of and, and participate often. Um, obviously, when you um, post, don't post links in your post, post just words. Uh, words um, tend to get the best engagement. Um, I even find that adding a picture on LinkedIn um, sometimes affects um, the the overall the reach and that just posts um you know with like hashtags or tagging companies or tagging specific people um in there uh, works well consistency is a huge part of it um people need to see you in their feed a lot the more they see you the more they're going to engage with you um the more they're going to contact you for business if that's a thing that you want um you know those are some of the things that i i pay attention to personally Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, I found on your LinkedIn profile uh, that uh, iChrefs rank your uh, newsletters to the seven best marketing newsletters. Can you tell more about your newsletter? What kind of benefits or value can you bring on your newsletter? Uh, and uh, give a solid reason, me and my audience, to subscribe to your newsletter after this podcast. Yeah, for sure. So um, SEO Notebook has a unique angle. Um, there have been a bunch of newsletters that have uh, been inspired, let's say, by SEO Notebook and fully encourage anybody to start a newsletter. Um, the basic idea is that um, I have a notebook in, uh, it started in Evernote, but now it's in Notion. And uh, this is where I document all of my strategies, right? So anything that I come across in my work over the last three years, I put it into this notebook. And then every week I select one strategy from the notebook. And then I, that's the focus of my content for that week. Um, so, you know, in, in general, it helps me stay organized. Um, it helps remind me of all of the different tactics that I've done over time. And as I do my work with clients, um, I'm taking inspiration from those notes all the time. And, uh, and we're, you know, in fact, implementing um, those strategies that, uh, that I've, you know, come up with um, over the last three years in there. So, um, yeah, it goes out every Tuesday at 930 Eastern. Um, and it's completely free. And if you subscribe, you will uh, hopefully benefit from from the strategies that I'm working hard on on producing every week. 
Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, guys. You can find the link to uh, the newsletter in the description below. Yeah, I see you on the yeah, I have the question podcast. about uh, well, another aspect. You know, uh, for example, if I learn something, I can forget about new insights for a few hours. Uh, and I see uh, when many students uh, uh, who learn a lot over learn, they do nothing, don't implement. And, you know, uh, in some time, this knowledge can be obsolete. Uh, uh, or uh, it's useless. Uh, I think today it's more important to practice. Can you tell, for example, if I learn from your newsletter, from other resources, courses, how to implement ideas? Because, uh, you know, uh, for example, uh, I love learning, but I spend more time uh, by practicing, analyzing, testing, because nobody knows exactly what actually works for a specific project. It takes time. Uh, so uh, tell your ratio between learning and acting. Great question. I love that. That is so important. Um, you can easily get distracted in just learning SEO. It never ends. You know, you can spend days and days inside of Ahrefs analyzing you know, all a bunch of interesting websites. And at the end of that, you know, a few days, you have done zero to actually uh, help your, your client or your website um, rank, right? So it um, is a great point. And I feel like in my own personal life, and this extends, you know, beyond just ranking websites, but also running a business, um, I know that I'm being effective when I'm just moving the ball around, right? I'm asking somebody, I'm delegating to all these various people. I'm following up with various people. I'm actioning on a daily basis and putting ideas into execution, right? Um, I, I don't, it's not like I keep a track of how many I do per day, but I know that when I sit down, the best use of my time is to tell other people what to do <laughs> um, and 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 obviously documenting that and giving them a, a sop or in many cases giving them one of my notes um you know is 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 how i document that for that person and uh and you know as if you are the website owner or you're the seo manager or you're a business owner um your uh your your value should and you basically if you're the brains behind behind the website uh with seo your value should not be in doing the physical work adding the entities or integrating the gsc keywords all of those things your your main value is deciding what is going to make the impact and then giving that to somebody else to actually execute it and then qaing that work at the end um, I would not say, so there's, there's multiple things that you can end up wasting time in. You can waste time in learning, you know, week upon week and not doing actually anything for the clients or your own website, but you can also waste time, um, in getting too immersed into the weeds and not looking at the site on a, on a whole, right? If you are the one who's, um, you know, using a tool to refresh the content it you know you may only be able to hit like a few pages a day right 
But if you are the one delegating that to multiple people, you can affect more pages on your site with that reoptimization, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I have the question about uh, SEO intuition. Uh, you know, many SEO specialists rely on data a lot. Yeah, uh, we can use IHRFs to get this data, uh, to spend time with keyword research, to craft the right strategy. But in the end, nobody knows what actually will bring results. And I often see on social media, uh, I can post uh, a lot of uh, valuable content. I can feel it's valuable, but uh, social media has own algorithms and uh, disengage. But some of posts can uh, be viral, like to get plus 100K views. And I didn't know before that, that uh, this post can get uh, these results. Uh, I just uh, consistently post uh, all this content. Can you tell about SEO intuition? Uh, for example, uh, when you don't rely on data, but rely on your experience and can feel, okay, it's better to take this topic, not this one, because I can feel that we can get much higher results with that. What do you think? Yeah, I think SEO intuition and SEO mindset are maybe the most important thing that you develop over time. That's very hard to teach because I can teach a person how to do on page or I can teach a person, uh, you know, strategies for internal linking um, and they can learn all of those skills. But let's say a new client comes on board. They don't know where to start. They, they don't know, you know, what are going to be the quick wins uh, for this client. And that can really, I think, only be learned over time. And you may need at least a year until you're able to sort of take a new project and actually construct a game plan that's going to make sense, right? So SEO intuition um, is something that needs to be developed. And, uh, you know, use your eyes, right? Like don't, don't forget, don't sit, you know, Ahrefs is great, I use it every day, but don't sit behind Ahrefs analyzing a website. Look at it with your own eyes. Compare it to websites that you like. Go on a big site like NerdWallet or uh, Fit Small Business and look at the, you know, the, all the amazing things that these, you know, top level affiliate sites are doing and apply those to your to your site by actually looking, right? Um, the SERP is another place that people don't look often enough. Um, when you're evaluating which keywords you're going to go after or after you've done keyword research and you've determined these are some great keywords to go after, definitely, you know, make sure you're, you're, you're searching um, on the SERP. Like if you're targeting the US and you're in a different country, make sure you're using a proxy or a tool like Nightwatch Simulator to, to actually look at the real US results and, uh, and, and determine whether or not, you know, you have a, a fighting chance to rank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, I have the final question, uh, probably two final questions. Uh, uh, let's talk about link building. I know some websites with masters who don't use link building at all, but get a million traffic. I know link building is uh, probably, I don't know, uh, many years ago, that was like uh, the fourth or the second uh, ACO algorithm. Uh, but today, uh, some webmasters ignore it 
uh, to spend all this budget that they can uh, spend with building, they usually spend with content creation. So they can create uh, better content, uh, uh, more content, uh, and uh, get ranking positions. Uh, and uh, check out a few of such websites and found they have a strong benchmark they have uh, authority probably they don't need link building at all uh, can you tell how to find the balance or uh, how do i know uh, do i need link building and uh, how to choose the right link building strategy yeah um well you know google officially said that links don't count as much so we should just listen no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um there there's a you you raise a good point so um the the nerd wallets of the world probably don't need to do a ton of link building anymore because they've gotten to that authority site stage and you know they publish an article and, and the next day it's ranking on page one right so um mm -hmm. there's going to be certain sites where you don't have to do that but if you're starting out you need to establish yourself because google is just going to look at your content and say okay this is great but where's the proof that you actually know what you're doing or where's the proof that other people are linking to you right so it's going to be important um but i was in um, a mastermind in nashville um called the mastermind mansion and um, ted kabaitis uh spoke at that uh that that get together uh, that mastermind and what he kind of said made a lot of sense um in terms of at a point, it doesn't make sense to keep link building because if you think about just like Google's old like PageRank, right? There's still some form of PageRank even though they don't publish it anymore. But to get to PR1, you need, let's just say hypothetically, you need um, to be PR1, you need 10 links. And then to get to PR2, you need 100 links. And then to get to PR3, you need, you need even more. There becomes a point in which it's just impossible, no matter what the budget, to move up to like PR6, PR7, PR8. Those, those things are not going to happen uh, by virtue of you going out and building or buying links, right? So you can get yourself to a certain point, but at some point that, you know, becomes too big and you need to kind of look to either build your brand or you're just happy staying there and, you know, improving your on-page, improving your site speed, improving your internal links, and all those other lever levers that you can pull. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Steve, and my final question, uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today to learn more about SEO? <laughs> Good question. Um, to be honest, I just got off a call with somebody who I'm going to teach from scratch um, and possibly do a course um, on how I would teach them SEO. So I'm, I'm actually just thinking about that in the back of my mind right now. And I'm uh, meeting with them on today's Friday. I'm going to meet with them on Monday for the first session for that. Um, so what would I do um, for that? Oh, it is a very tough question. Um, I think I would have to build my own site and learn by doing. Um, that would be the best learn enough uh, on before you take any course or anything just join a facebook group like seo signals lab read everything that you can in there get to a point where you can ask better questions because at first your questions are going to be like so silly and broad that you're you're not going to get a useful answer about that but work yourself up to a point where you're able to ask good questions 
and then asks those questions in a group like that and people will start responding and then based on the questions that you're asking you're going to be asking those questions so that you can connect the dots and then the more dots more questions you ask the more dots you're going to be able to connect uh, but you know don't neglect being part of a community because that can really shortcut your learning versus you're just stuck on search engine land and search engine journal and probably doing nothing yeah got it valuable well, i agree with that uh it's like i don't know uh, for example if i read a hundred books how to play soccer i never beat uh, cristiano ronaldo or Lionel messi because they prefer to practice to train their skills than uh, to learn how to do it it's the same with any niche it's better to practice to do something than uh, just to learn uh, learning is good to get ideas you I would say um, also, you know, getting a job at an SEO agency is also a great way to learn. That's how I learned. Um, I had, you know, two SEO managers um, during the early 2010s that I sat beside them and just asked them every question I had. Right. And mm -hmm. having somebody, um, you know, if I would say join an SEO agency, but join an seo agency where you have other people that you can learn from not where it's just you right so um that was a invaluable experience to me and something that gave me a, a very good footing uh in which to build upon nice nice uh steve it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you tell our audience how to reach out to you how to learn more about you how to follow you yeah so uh best place to follow me is on linkedin steve toth t-o-t-h um, I'm on Facebook groups like SEO Signals Lab, and the best place to stay in touch is definitely through my newsletter, which is seonotebook.com. Okay, guys, you can find all these links, uh, LinkedIn profile, Facebook page, and uh, newsletter website uh, in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Steve, it's a big pleasure. You share a lot of valuable insights. Guys, I recommend 100%. Follow, subscribe, because you can learn a lot more and become much better marketer. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.